Hey, welcome everyone to the Kingdom REI podcast show. This is your host, Ellis Hammond, founder of the Kingdom REI Mastermind. And let me ask you a question. Um, I think it's a pretty obvious question, knowing that you listen to this show week in and week out. But if you had the opportunity to hear someone who could help you double your revenue in the next 12 months, would you, would you listen? What about this? What if his mission was to help 10,000 business owners double their revenue so that they could increase kingdom advancement by $10 million in net new giving. What about that? Would that pique your interest? That's why I'm so pumped today about our guest who is a, a, a growth strategist, an entrepreneur, someone who is like a similar mission to ours here uh, to help business owners, uh, to help people in the marketplace, just like you and I, get serious about our mission as um, as kingdom leaders and advancing God's kingdom through uh, the sword in which God has given us to really yield, which is our business. And so really, really pumped about this show, man. I hope you guys are ready. Uh, without further ado, let me introduce everyone to Daryl Amy. How are you, brother? Hey, fantastic, Ellis. It's great to be here today. Um, listen, man, you're, you, I might have messed up your goal because it's so big and so ambitious <laughs> that I like, I, you know, maybe I might even added another zero. I just get excited about your mission. So, Daryl, <laughs> before we jump into the podcast and show, man, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and really what is your current aim uh, and mission right now uh, in, in, you know, as a, as a kingdom leader? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Ellis. I am an entrepreneur. I love uh, creating and growing businesses. I've been involved in doing that over the last 28 years in sales, in marketing, and business strategy. And so my mission is to help generous leaders grow revenue and impact. And um, in particular, the mission of uh, that I'm, I'm working on right now, my big, hairy, audacious goal, as Jim Collins likes to say, is exactly what you said. It's to help 10,000 businesses, kingdom-minded businesses, generous businesses, uh, double revenue so that we can generate $10 billion in net new giving, along with all the jobs, by the way, in kingdom-minded businesses that that will create. And so um, I've noticed a number of things in uh, when businesses are growing, good things are happening. And I've also noticed uh, having worked with a nonprofit that I helped co-found 18 years ago, that uh, while donations to nonprofit from any individual are wonderful, the ones that are able to move the needle the most, that are able to have the most impact are businesses, uh, generous kingdom-minded business people that are able to write the checks that have the commas in them. And when that happens, um, you know, so this is why I get so excited when kingdom businesses grow the spillover in terms of the jobs they create in those kingdom-minded businesses, and then the money that they're able to funnel back into the kingdom, um, grow the business, grow the impact. And so right now, this is, um, this is a time where, where I am so excited about kingdom-minded business people and uh, you know, watching what's going on out there and the ability to, to help in any way I can spur growth, which requires sales and marketing, uh, to make that happen, I get fired up about that, Ellis. Gosh, well, uh, you're talking all my language. You know, I always, <laughs> always say, man, if I didn't learn about real estate before I learned about marketing, I think I would have been a full-time marketer. But as you know, in any growth, the lifeblood of any business must be a sales and marketing strategy. So we're going to talk about that today. Daryl, you also, which I'm really excited to get into, I think our audience will really enjoy, is you have a fund 
um, that invest into the marketplace and then the, mm-hmm. um, that business owners can be a part of. And then that fund generates cash flow that then supports mission work across the world. Um, and so if that resonates with anyone, we're going to uh, be getting into that today too. For so, sure. man, dude, we're going to, we're going to help people, uh, double revenue today. That's what I, that's what I want to, uh, see, because we talk about all the time, like, um, we got to get serious about multiplying our talents and our profits. And if That's we right. don't talk about it, it can't happen. Like if we don't talk about money, it's not going to grow. And so this is the podcast show, Daryl, that we're saying, hey, we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about profits. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about how to grow those things unashamedly because that is the mission that we're on, man. And I love this. So I'm really excited. So um, let me pray towards that end and let's get going. Awesome. God, thank you. Thank you for Daryl. Thank you for his vision and mission that you've given to him to help double the growth and revenue of 10,000 business owners. Lord, I pray for the several hundred um, business owners that are listening to this podcast today. God, they might be part of that and be part of the ultimate mission uh, mission and vision of seeing your kingdom come here on earth and your will be done. Uh, Lord, so we pray towards that and we pray that there would be something in this conversation today that literally would add 2x value uh, to the top line um, of someone's company. Uh, Heck, to the bottom line of their company, Lord. I would pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. All right, man. So, I mean, that's not a small prayer. So let's get in, brother. So uh, um, let's start, man, the revenue growth engine. I mean, you are, you know, sometimes I like talking about people's stories, but I think we're going to get that as we go. I, I would, if it's okay with you, because I know your mission is to to double ten thousand businesses. So, I just want to like get. I, I want to get into that mission. I really want to use your your skills to help business owners. So, around sales and marketing, it's the thing that I think, man, in our industry, real estate is is behind on mm-hmm. um, in serious ways. And so. Um, where do we start this conversation? Um, if you're sitting down with a group of business owners, especially in an industry like real estate, where maybe we're, we're a bit behind here, where, where does the conversation need to start? Where does the assessment need to start in our business? First of all, I think it needs to start with the realization that there are only two ways, two ways and two ways only to grow revenue. One is net new business and one is cross-selling more to our current clients. And so if you think about it, you can boil everything down to that. It's landing new deals, um, you know, in the case of real estate, maybe landing new listings, or if you're an investor, um, you know, a little bit different. But once you, once you land, you have to expand. And, and, you know, so it's net new and then cross-sell. It's land and expand. Uh, and these, it's market share and wallet share. These are the types of things that, um, as business owners, what I've discovered, and I get the opportunity to work with businesses across multiple industries, multiple sizes, small businesses, all the way up to enterprise, the principles are the same. It's that most businesses I've discovered, Ellis, are usually good at one or the other. We're really good at bringing in new deals and ringing the bell, or we're good at maintaining, managing, and growing our existing client relationships. What I discovered was if we can show marginal gains, like I'm talking 12% year over year growth in net new business and cross-selling, expanding in our current client base, the math goes to show that you actually double revenue in three years. 
So 12% in net new, 12% in cross-sell, who can't do that, right? It's not dramatic craziness. But by optimizing our business and seeing marginal gains and getting both of those going at the same time, we're able to see, uh, we're able to kick in the law of exponential revenue growth. And so that is the foundation of, of all of this. And I think as salespeople, um, and I'm a, I've been in sales uh, for 28 years now, sales and sales development. I like to joke, I'm a recovering sales rep. I'm down to therapy twice a month. Uh, <laughs> it's going pretty well. I cut my teeth in the in the technology industry and sales, and I've, I've been in, involved in sales and sales development over the last 28 years. And I've noticed that as salespeople, we're we're usually really good at the net new side of it. Like, let's go get a new deal. Let's go, you know, let's go get something new. But the reality is, you don't close a sale, you open a relationship. And this is where we need to look at our business opportunities and go, okay, you know, in my business, do I have, you know, if if we're to use the engine analogy here, do I have cylinders of my engine running for net new? And do I have, have cylinders, my engine processes in place to also ensure that I expand inside my client base? So that's, you know, that's the foundation of all of this is a mentality of exponential revenue growth. If you're only good at net new, or you're only good at cross sell, you're only going to see linear growth. If you can get both going at the same time, uh, that's where we see the hockey stick. So just, just for clarity's sake, cross selling, meaning I'm, I'm, you know, the, the relationship comes in, I've sold them something, mm-hmm. essentially more ways to, you know, bring them farther along our sales pipeline, sell them more products, introduce them to more ideas. I mean, essentially creating more, you know, making that lead worth more because we're, we're, we're offering them more products, more offerings. That's right. That's right. And that brings up the second point that is really, really critical when it comes to growing our businesses, no matter what type of business you're in. And that is understanding who your ideal clients are and therefore who your ideal prospects are. And I define an ideal client as somebody is two sides of this coin. The first is, is the value. Like they need to be someone that can buy everything that you sell. An ideal client is someone that can buy everything that you sell. And it's interesting if you take a look, um, I'm an Apple geek. I, I love Apple products. If Apple launches someone I'll prob- something, I'll probably buy it. Um, I'll stand in line for it. And what I noticed about Apple, I went through this exercise recently, Ellis, it was a lot of fun. And you know, you, you get your iPhone, right? These things cost about a thousand bucks. But I, I started thinking, and Apple's a genius at cross-selling additional products and services to their client base. And I started thinking if, if I looked at everything that I could buy from Apple as an individual consumer over the next 10 years, remember I started with a thousand dollars with this device here. Uh, do you want to know what the 10 year estimated value, according to Daryl Amy of an Apple customer is? Oh man. Talking I iPhone, mean, at least, computer at least, services, at least 10 X, right? I mean, at least 10 X it's, $31,000. So wow. Apple understands. And as a result, um, you know, they have become one of the largest companies in the history of the world, if not the largest, depending on what day you ask. And they understand that they are looking at, at clients in terms of, yes, let's get that first sale. But that first sale is opening a relationship. And as that relationship is built, now we move from $1,000 to $30,000. 
And what does that mean to your business? Well, the reality is the, the good old 80-20 rule, we all know the Pareto principle, it's in full effect inside every business that I've ever seen that 20% of the clients generate 80% of the revenue or 80% of the potential revenue. So my question to uh, all of the entrepreneurs and business owners is who are your ideal clients? Who is that 20%? And what do we need to do to go get more of those people? Because when we add ideal clients and we put the processes in place to cross sell all of our products and services to them, um, to maximize the value that we deliver to them, then we have the ability to scale our businesses and grow much faster. And scaling a business and growing faster means more kingdom impact. So, you know, we're not just talking about numbers here. We're, we're translating this all the way through to the impact we're able to make in the kingdom. No, and I think that's, and I appreciate you kind of rooting us in that as we go. And, and again, like this is, uh, I, I love having I love having this conversation because both things are so important. Mm -hmm. Got to talk about king advancement. We got to talk about growing and doubling our profits. You know, curious, Daryl. Like when you come into businesses, and and I want to get to the next step in this. But let me ask you this as a pause. Um, I feel like CEOs, especially entrepreneurs, we lean towards something, and like I lean on expansion. You know, mm -hmm. like I lean on like the next deal or the next client. Like how do we grow? And so I've seen, and as I'm growing as an entrepreneur, like I see that I need people beside me that can help with the cross selling potentially, mm -hmm. or maybe the managing mm -hmm. and figuring those things out. Um, do, do you find that to be the case? Like, can I, can I, I don't want to say, can I hire this out, but can I, do you find that most CEOs or entrepreneurs um, lean one and therefore need help in thinking about the other, or is this something I can continue or I should continue to develop both ways what do you recommend there just from a development standpoint i know what my where my strength lies mm -hmm. could that also be a strength on the cross selling or do should i be thinking about who do I, who can i bring into our organization to help develop that piece well what i would um it's uh, to me it's not so much about the who it's about the what so if you boil businesses down to the most basic level i believe you find two things people and processes or for my fellow Canadian friends, people in processes. Mm -hmm. uh, no matter how you say it, processes are, are critical to the success of a business. A business is built on processes. Here's the deal, though. You go in HR, you find processes. Finance, processes. Shipping and receiving, you know, all these different parts of a business have processes or they fall apart. But when you go into most sales and marketing teams or departments, it's like the wild west, yeah. uh, you know, sales, sure. you got a couple gunslingers out by the saloon, flipping a coin while a tumbleweed blows by and the sales manager is like, yeah, y'all go make some more calls. Right. And, and we depend on our, our superstar gunslingers marketing. We're not much better at it. If you think about a lot of marketing is like, Hey, we should run a campaign or let's do this, or let's, you know, let's do an event. Let's do a new website. All those things are great. But really the core thing is what processes do we have in place? Mm. And I, this epiphany came for me. I have, I have light bulb moments at the strangest of times. I actually am one of those weird people. I like to mow my lawn. And the reason I like to mow my lawn is, uh, first of all, I can't take any phone calls. No one can talk to me while I'm on that loud lawnmower. And I listen to podcasts. So one day I'm mowing my lawn and I'm you know puttering across my lawn at, I don't know how fast my lawnmower goes. It doesn't have a speedometer. 
Um, and I'm puttering across it, let's say two miles per hour, listening to a great podcast. And I'm looking down my driveway at my car. And I had this moment where I realized my lawnmower has an engine. My car has an engine. But the difference between those two engines is dramatic. My lawnmower has a maximum, I looked it up, it has maximum horsepower, 24.8 horsepower. Now for a lawnmower, that's actually pretty good. It spins 60 inches of cutting power. But if I wanna get on the freeway and I wanna accelerate, uh, my vehicle has eight cylinders that kick out 420 horsepower. Now, every business, here's the parallel, Ellis, every business has an engine for growth. Um, you know, in, in whatever size business you are, you got to where you are today because you have an engine. My question to you is how many cylinders are in that engine? And when I say cylinders, I'm talking about processes, sales and marketing processes that are driving at those two core things, net new business and cross-sell. So the answer, and you know, if you're, if you're a, a salesperson or entrepreneur that is, you know, I'm all about landing the new deal, net new, net new. Great. Don't stop doing that. But ensure that you've got processes, sales and marketing processes on the back end to take and mine the gold from those current customers. Because um, if not, you're missing out on massive amounts of low hanging fruit. And to go along with our theme, that fruit never gets harvested and never makes it into the kingdom. So I say, put the processes in place and that was the whole mindset behind um, when I sat down to write Revenue Growth Engine was, what are all the processes? I've been in sales for 28 years. I've been in digital marketing um, with an agency on that whole journey of web and you know all the fun things that that's done for 18 years. And I sat down and said, hey, what are all the things that actually need to be in place? What are all the cylinders that need to be firing? for this flywheel, this engine to get running so we can get like my car on the freeway and accelerate and go. Fascinating. Uh, is this a, is this more of a blueprint that we can discuss or do we need to dive into an example of a company? What, what would be most helpful for our listeners and trying to maybe uncover some things in the world of real estate. Cause here's the thing too, Darren, mm -hmm. and this his, I know this hits home. So I love these conversations, mm -hmm. you know, so why we do this podcast is why we actually just launched. If anyone's listening, um, we do a weekly webinar series now, cause this has always been more about story and, and, but what I found though, Daryl, is that like stories inspiring and it, and it motivates people, but godly man, we, our industry and people who listen to the show need some stinking strategy and processes. <laughs> um, and there's only so much inspiration and motivation we can give people until we're like, Hey, you actually got to build, got to get it done on your business. You got to start hiring teams because most people in the world of real estate, no one, they, they go almost no one in our industry went to school for real estate, right? Like right. no one who's built, I don't, I know actually all of the billionaires I know who have billion dollar portfolios do not have a degree in real estate. Um, they started as an entrepreneur, they bought a deal, they wanted to grow bigger and they started scaling. And I think that's a lot of people's journey is they get into real estate, they like it, they see the vehicle it can be for their family, they wanna grow and scale it, but eventually there's a ceiling because they never really treat it like a business. They're still treating it as my portfolio. And so I would really like to dive into this as much as we can, Daryl, because I do think this is such an important piece, man. 
Well, absolutely. And I think, you know, and, and by the way, and any listeners are welcome to go get our toolkit, just text the word revenue to 21,000. Uh, that's revenue to 21,000. You can also get a copy of the book. We'll ship it to you for free if, if you pay shipping and handling. And, and, and the idea behind the book is to begin to get some specific tactics that you can put into place from a sales and marketing standpoint to get your engine firing on all cylinders. Um, and so I, you know, I think that this is, you begin with the end in mind, you think about what, what are my goals as a business? And then you start to go, how am I going to get there? And, and the beautiful thing is whatever your goals are, whatever your, you know, 10 year vision is your three year goals, um, your, your goal for the year and the next 90 days, whatever those are, you can start to break those down between where am I going to go get net new business and where am I going to generate additional revenue? And so, you know, if you think about, and I'm sure you've got all different kinds of real estate investors in here, but, you know, I, I would, so I would put a question out to you and it's, you know, not knowing exactly what everybody's business is, but let's just ask a cross sell question. Like what additional revenue could you be driving from your existing properties? Um, you know, is there a way that you could be driving additional revenue? And, and if so, then what marketing and sales process could you put in place to, to get that rolling? And so these are, you know, and, and the answer is probably going to be slightly different for everybody listening in. But the question itself is, is what's important. I saw Tiffany Bova is one of my favorite authors and thought leaders. She was, she's the evangelist. Salesforce has an evangelist. She's the evangelist for salesforce.com. And uh, so uh, I was at a conference right before the pandemic, and there was about 2,500 business owners and entrepreneurs in the conference, primarily in the tech space, which is where I cut my teeth. And uh, so she stood up in front of this group and she looked out at these successful business people and said, if I may paraphrase, y'all are idiots. <laughs> and I was like, where is she going with this? Uh, she said, you're like somebody in the 1800s that sold everything and went out west to the Klondike and you scraped your way up into the Klondike and you started digging for gold and you started digging and digging. You finally find that first gold nugget and you high five and you go, that's awesome. And you ring the bell and you go, all right, let's go find another gold mine. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, and she was like, you have so much gold in your existing customer base. Let's get creative in trying to figure out how to mine that gold. So, I would ask, you know, the real estate investors here, if you think about the current um, properties and, and holdings that you have, where is the opportunity for additional revenue? And you know, this is the time to get creative and remember that, you know, yes, you're a real estate investor, but ultimately you're, you're here to generate profits, to generate revenue and profits. And so what could you do um, to generate additional revenue? Um, and, and I think these are the types of questions it's interesting, Ellis, I would say in the businesses that I work with, and once again, I, I talk to businesses across all different industries, but what they have in common is that probably about three to one, their businesses are good at net new versus cross sell. They would say we're strong in winning new deals 
and we're weak in, you know, cross-selling more to our existing clients. And when you get good at that, at the cross-sell, which, you know, is a matter of putting the processes in place to do that, um, you have unbelievable revenue potential. Yeah, I think that's so good here. And that's why I, I talk a lot too about building a personal brand and especially a company brand because, mm-hmm. you know, some of the guys I respect, what they've done is they've taken their, they have their assets, but then they also have um, a coaching program or they have a conference or, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing these things and they're using the company brand, they're using their personal brand as another way to say, okay, I, yes, I'm a real estate investor, but that also allows me to go then and do all of these different things. And I, I, you know, I totally think this is so relevant, man, because um, so many investors, real estate CEOs are one dimensional in terms of their, uh, their revenue stream. Mm-hmm. And I'll let yeah. you answer that. Any company that's dependent on one revenue stream is probably what? <laughs> They're in trouble. I mean, that's the reality, right? Yeah, it's risky. Yeah. And so, you know, I think this is, this, that's such, that's so helpful, man, just to begin to ask the question, you know, what else can I mine from this, you know, this property, my investor base, my, my brand, um, you know, that my email list, if you have an email list. And so uh, just asking that question, I think is really insightful and can be really helpful to a lot of people. Absolutely. And this you know, and all of this comes back to how do we maximize the potential of our businesses so that we can generate a return that is going to be able to go and fund the work of the kingdom. And that's, you know, and I think that, um, you know, I, th- I think that as business owners, we have a responsibility, dare I say, an accountability even to be able to say, okay, you know, I mean, there's parables about this, right? I gave this to you. What did you do with it? Um, And not in a condemning way, almost, I just almost see the father smiling and asking that question, what are you going to do with this? Right. And um, this is, you know, this is the mandate that we have is to be able to look at our businesses um, and, and say, well, what, what can we do to optimize this? And, uh, you know, and, and that's where I think I get excited about seeing kingdom-minded businesses really think about these things and put into practice the sales and marketing processes that then begin, you know, taking their revenue up and to the right and moving from a straight line of growth to a kingdom, you know, a kingdom line of growth. I just made that up. But I mean, the kingdom line of growth is not it's, it's always multiplication, right? It's 30, 60, 90 X, not, um, you know, plus 3% plus 10% or whatever. And that's where I think we have that mindset, but where, where the rubber meets the road and where it gets practical is saying, okay, well, what are the sales and marketing processes I need to put in place to attract more ideal clients and cross sell more to those ideal clients. And that's where we can see our businesses really start to grow. Part of this, or how do you coach businesses or do you coach businesses to think about how do you keep more of their profits? Is that part of the revenue growth engine as well? Is it all up here or is there a part of the revenue growth engine that comes down to how do we keep more of what we make or is it more focused on top? I am more focused on the top line. Um, and you know, there's, there's great financial advisors that can be focused on the bottom half of the P and L. But what I have noticed is that when we attract ideal clients, clients that can buy everything that we sell and are a good fit for our corporate culture, best fit clients, those are the types of clients that stick around. 
that value what we do and are usually the most profitable. So, um, and if you go back to that Apple example, you know, Apple might've spent a lot of money in marketing to get me to buy my first iPhone, but once they've got me, you know, what's the cost of selling uh, something to a new customer versus selling something to an existing customer, your costs are a lot lower. And so when you look at, at profits flowing down, uh, your ideal clients are typically going to stay around longer and have more gross margin. So um, that definitely flows through to the bottom right. line. And this, you know, this is what's beautiful about this mindset is you can scale your revenue faster and do it with profitable clients that enjoy working with your business and you enjoy working with them. I love this. So Daryl, just so people want to know, I, 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 this is clearly there's value in what you're teaching in this book. Where can folks go to learn more about this book and the revenue growth engine, just as we're wrapping this side of the conversation up? Yeah, absolutely. I'd welcome you to text the word revenue to 21,000. That'll take you to our website at revenuegrowthengine.net. And there you can find access to resources along with, if you want a copy of the book, uh, just pay shipping and handling. I'll get you one. Of course, the book's available on Amazon and wherever fine books are sold. Revenuegrowthengine.net. Um, and then 21, Text the Text word, word revenue, revenue to 21000. That's right. Okay. So guys, you know where to go get that. Definitely go do that. We'll remind you of the, the show. Daryl, I want to talk um, briefly before we get out of here today is this fun. You know, we chatted about that beforehand. And um, I think this is, again, connecting with, okay, why are we, you know, I think about the parable of the talents. And these men mm -hmm. were given talents. They multiplied what they had. And then the master came and asked that back of them, right? Now that you've multiplied, now that you've gone out and been successful in the marketplace. Show me what you have. And it's cool that you have this fund that is allowing people in some ways to say, here, master, look, this is what we built. Let this be a blessing you know, to the kingdom. Talk to us about this fund. And, and I, honestly, I'd kind of like to understand the details of it because I know a mm -hmm. lot of people in our community are asking that question. How do we use our business, our revenues towards particular you know, ministry initiatives? And so this would be a crowd that we're actually, maybe you could, kind of help us under understand the workings of it so yeah. that maybe others could either replicate or even be a part of what you're doing. So the short story I got uh, about 18, 19, maybe 20 years ago, I went on a mission trip. And at the time I was traveling for business. And so I landed at the airport in Houston, a connecting flight. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm cruising into this city of 6 million people in the poorest country in the Northern hemisphere and looking out the window going, what are we doing here? <laughs> so I landed in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. I spent the week there and it, obviously God did incredible things in my heart. And as I was flying home, I was thinking, how do they pay for all this? So I got home and one of my mentors is a wonderful man. who was a, a part of the early days of Campus Crusade for Christ. And I said, hey, I was actually showing him a business plan because I'm an entrepreneur. And the footnote of the business plan said, this business is going to take a percent of its profits and fund Christian missions. And so uh, Paul ended up grabbing onto that little fine print footnote and said, I've been wanting to do this. So we started, here was the goal. The goal was to create something that was sustainable. A lot of giving is, you know, you give and it's gone, but as a business guy, I wanted to figure out how to create a giving engine, something that could for years and years create. So we set up a fund, we called it the kingdom missions fund. Um, and we set up a fund 18 years ago 
And we started putting money into it and several business people joined us as well as individuals. And we started putting money into this fund. Every year we would give away 20% of the donations and all of the earnings on the fund. And the funds invested in a balanced portfolio of stocks and bonds and, and all of that. And so we started doing that. And what was beautiful was we were, we then began soliciting applications from missions that had projects that were innovative. So we need innovation in business, but we also need innovation in missions because there's a lot of big problems out there that need to be solved. And the best way to solve them is looking for ideas that are smart. Hey, that's a good idea that are sustainable. Wow. If that idea could generate cash flow or have some type of replication, that'd be good. Um, and uh, scalable if that could be an idea that other people could use. So every year we get in all these applications. I think we got in 56 applications last year. Um, it's, uh, I, I call it, sh it's kind of like Shark Tank for missions, although uh, we're a lot nicer than Kevin O'Leary. <laughs> but um, the idea is to look for great ideas and fund them. And so <laughs> over the last 18 years, we this model, we've been able to fund over 200 missions projects uh, and in the middle of that, we've also still the net asset value of the fund is over half a million dollars that's wow. generating income every year. And wow. so, so this all is right. just a small group of business guys that got together and said, let's figure out how to do this. Anyone yeah. So go this. back to that. So, I'm, and I missed that. So how did the original group of funds get together? You guys just said, Hey, we're all of our companies are going to donate percentage of profits or what was the, what was the key? Um, it was it was just a group of guys that said, this is a good idea. We're going to get behind it and we're going to start putting money into this. I mean, everyone had a different formula and different way they went about and doing it. And then you it. invested that fund, which was like a donor advised fund or kind of it was, was it a donor advised fund is how it started. Yeah, absolutely. And so the actual assets are invested in a mutual fund, stocks, bonds, et cetera. And, it, you know, in the formula that we came up with that worked really well was we'll take 20% of the current year's donations and the interest off of whatever's in the fund, and we'll give that away. And so we were able to create a model where we were immediately funding some projects. Admittedly, it was pretty meager in the first year or two, um, but we were able to show an impact right away. And... Um, generate now uh, a growing annuity of, of, you know, investments that now, even if we didn't get donations in, still going to kick off Amazing. money until the Lord comes. Yeah. Just, just for clarity segment. So you're giving, so essentially if there's a hundred thousand dollars that you mm -hmm. all over the next, let's say in our first year, we put in a hundred K between mm -hmm. business owners, mm -hmm. you would take 20 K of that and donate it. Mm -hmm. And you would take 80% and invest that that would have been invested over that year and you would take a hundred percent of that proceed or the interest mm -hmm. of that 80% and give that away. Yes. So 20 grand plus the, uh, the earnings off those, those investments, dividends. Yeah. Right. And then and you interest. would continue so, to grow that, grow mm -hmm. that nut and give away 20% of what was given or 20% of the fund on the second year. Uh, 20% of what was given on the second year. And, and so we just kept using that model and it grew okay. every year, but here's what's really cool. And this is what I love about, um, about missions. When, when you start to put the challenge out there for smart, sustainable and scalable ideas, you get some incredible ideas back. One of the, one of the early, uh, one of the early ideas was there were some 
missions partners in Central Africa and they needed to support their pastors. So um, someone came to us with the idea, we're going to buy them some cows and they were going to, you know, sell the milk from the cows and, um, and also be able to support their family. So we thought that's a good idea. And the beautiful thing is in other parts of the world, uh, an American dollar goes a long way. So uh, we started funding these cows. The sad thing was the uh, village was overrun with some uh, terrorists and they killed the cows. So uh, we went back to the drawing board. Failure is fertile learning ground. Um, and, uh, we actually, uh, had another group come to us and say, Hey, why don't we start chicken farms? we got eggs, we got chicken, they reproduce and they run away when they're chased. So unlike cows <laughs> that just stand there. So anyhow, it was, it was, you know, it was beautiful. An investment, I think it was like 2,500, $3,000 for chickens, eggs, uh, whichever came first and all of the, um, you know, the, the stuff to get a farm started along with an agreement that that farm would be self-sustaining and scalable. And so last time I heard there's over a hundred chicken farms in central Africa that are supporting, um, you know, the lives of local pastors and missionaries and you go, okay, that's, you know, that's a brilliant idea. Another group, um, went over to post-war Iraq and noticed in that part of the country that there was uh, a need for daycare. Sadly, a lot of the men had died in the war. Women were going back to work. You can't be a missionary in that part of the country, but you can start daycare facilities. So, um, you know, we funded the furniture to get the first daycare going, which generated cash flow and replicated into other facilities. So, that's one of 200 stories of just looking and going, okay, if we can take our, our assets as business people and combine them with our innovation and, you know, foster that type of innovation, then we've got a formula to really make an impact. And, uh, you know, I, I could spend the rest of the podcast telling really beautiful stories about how people are taking that entrepreneurial mindset into various cultures around the world and creating platforms, embedding themselves in cultures and, and giving the ability to share the good news. Of I Jesus love that, Christ. man. I think that's so, so amazing. And I, and I do a really, really like this model. I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. And, you know, I'm just reminded of even a show we had earlier this season um, from Todd, uh, who is the founder of Generous Giving. And he says, you know, if you're waiting to be generous, I've never seen it work. Like it's a practice we start now as business owners of no, we're not where we want to get to be um, yet. Or not, no, we're not now where we want to be eventually, but it doesn't mean you can start doing something small, like you said, and hopefully see it grow uh, beyond our imagination. So I, I love that example, man. That really is encouraging. I'm thinking even now, like how do we bring that into our community with Kingdom REI? So thanks for just the incredible man advice for growing your business to growing your giving uh, I love how you're, you're doing both, man. There's, I think, and maybe we can chat about this. There's gotta be more ways, or maybe we can bring you in as like a strategy day or something. I think that could be really cool, um, and help a ton of people in our community as well. That'd be a blast. Daryl, one more time, man, where do people go to learn more about you and your book? Well, first of all, I'd love for everyone to visit the kingdom fund, kingdom missions fund. You can find it kingdomfund.com and learn more about some of these other 200 incredible stories. It's just, it's so inspirational when you see the entrepreneurial mindset combined with giving um, going out into the world. So kingdomfund.com. And then in terms of growing your revenue growth engine, uh, just go to revenuegrowthengine.net. 
um, or text the word revenue to 21,000. You can get access to resources. Um, we can send you the book and, you know, my heart. And I, I really just want to just applaud you, Ellis, for what you're doing here on the podcast and, and the way that you're getting this message out. It's an inspiration. And um, I just, I'm honored to be here today because I think what you're doing is so like spot on. So congratulations. Dude, it's a group effort, man. And I, I'm grateful to have guests like you who are out here being bold about their faith and your reason for doing things. So thank you. Um, you'd be surprised. You know, it can be difficult to find guests who are savvy and not that there aren't savvy Christians out there. There's hundreds, if not millions of them, but sometimes there aren't millions of people being open and bold and unashamed about it. So thank you for your partnership in that and making it so darn easy to get in touch with you, man. I wish more people hey, would do it. this. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, if you enjoyed this show, please go check out Daryl's stuff. Support our guests. They give so much time and effort just to be here. So grateful. And support us by taking a screenshot of this episode and going and sharing it on social media that is how i want you to help me this season is get the word out there hey i was listening to this show it changed my life it helped me double my revenue no one's talking about whatever it is that gets you excited go share that on social media let people know that they need to go listen to this podcast show guys thank you for your support we'll see you next week cheers hey just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is listen if you are a faith driven real estate professional or investor then you'll want to go to the kingdom REI.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers.